Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power and a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of the rich and the super-duper successful. All right. So the quote that we're going to start today's show with is, Year's end is neither an end nor a beginning, but a going on, with all the wisdom that experience can instill in us. Cheers to a new year and another chance for us to get it right. And that's from Oprah Winfrey. The title of today's show is the 2016 wrap up. All right, before we really step hard into 2017, we want to wrap up 2016 and pull out all the lessons, all the jewels, all the gems from everything that we've learned in 2016 so we can use it to make sure that our 2017 is even much greater. All right, I want to thank all of you for listening. Want to remind you. Want to remind you, if you ever want to go back and re-listen to any of the old shows, all you have to do is go to my website, www.powerhh.com. If we're not friends on Facebook, my name on Facebook is Mark Starr, M-A-R-K-S-T-A-R-R. On Instagram and Twitter, it's at Coach Mark Speaks, all right? That's at C-O-A-C-H-M-A-R-K-S-P-E-A-K-S. And we also have a Power and a Half Hour Facebook group. So if you'd like to be a part of that group, that way you'll get privy to all the videos and all the stuff that I put out uh, every single week. Make sure that you send a request so we can gladly let you in that group, all right? For my United States listeners, I have a daily message service to get those text messages for free every single morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. All you have to do is text the letters BBD to 411247. And if you have not had an opportunity to download my new book you can download it for free at www.repeataftermebook.com one last announcement i love to hear your guys comments questions and suggestions all the stuff that you got going on all the big goals that you have for 2017 continue to email them to me at coach mark speaks at gmail.com all right all right we have an absolutely amazing show for you so let's go ahead and get started Now, this week, we're going to do things a little bit different. We're going to review some of the great profiles and lessons that we learned in 2016. And then we will close out the show by going over the questions that we must absolutely ask ourselves before we go into 2017. Now, we profiled so many people. We profiled easily over 100 people in 2016. So it was really, really hard to narrow down who it is that we were going to talk about tonight, but I just picked some of the ones that I really got a whole lot from, and I hope you guys got a whole lot from these as well. But I highly suggest you guys go back and don't just listen 
to this wrap-up show, but go back and re-listen to all those old episodes. There's a reason why they're on iTunes. There's a reason why they're at www.powerhh.com. So you can go back, re-familiarize yourself of those lessons, relearn those lessons, right? Because we don't learn by just listening to something one time. We learn by listening to it over and over and over and over again. It's called repetition. And that's how we wire it into our brains, by going over this material over and over and over again. And, you know, one of the best lessons that I learned in 2016, everybody knows that I read a lot of books, but what I started doing now, you know, for a while, I was just trying to read as many books as I possibly can. And one of the probably greatest lessons that I learned in 2016 now is that now when I find a book that really resonates with me, with the information that I really, really need to learn, I'll go back and read that book over and over and over and over again until that information is so wired into my brain. I know it. I can teach it. I can share it. I don't stumble when I'm explaining it to others. I know that information. I own that information. So that's why we have all the shows on the website and in the iTunes podcast stores so that you guys can know this information because trust me I drop a lot of jewels every single week and it's so important for us to not just listen to it one time and then move on to the next thing it's important for us to re-listen to it over and over and over again so that we know it we can become it and we can live these lessons that we are sharing every single week all right so let's go ahead so the first person that I want to profile is someone that I profiled in episode number 83 this is one of my favorite profiles it was the profile of phil knight now just in case you guys don't remember phil is the co-founder of nike now his book shoe dog was absolutely one of the best books that i read in 2016 and to be honest it's probably the best if not one of the best autobiographies that i've ever read in my life all right so i highly suggest that everyone goes back and re-listens to his profile and if you're thinking of starting a business or in the process of growing and running your own business or just anyone that wants to do something great in life you have to buy this book you can either buy the physical copy of the book and read it or you can buy the audio version of the book and listen to it i actually listened to the audio version of the book and when i tell you it was absolutely amazing. So anyway, I want to share with you some of the lessons that I learned from Phil in reading his book. I'm not going to go through his profile again. You guys could go back and re-listen to the call to get that. But I want to share with you some of the lessons that we learned from Phil. All right. Okay. Lesson number one, never allow anyone to discourage you from pursuing something that you feel passionate about. Now, Phil had what many would consider to be a silly idea. He had his dad telling him how silly the idea was and that he needed to go on and continue his job and take his job serious and take his career serious. He had his grandmother in his ear telling him, why is he going to Japan? You don't remember 20 years ago, the Japanese tried to kill us at Pearl Harbor and they still wanted to kill Americans. And remember when Phil started on his journey, right? He started his journey. He went on when he went on his trip with his friend 
They went to Hawaii first, and then his friend decided that he wanted to stay in Hawaii. But Phil had to make up his mind that he was going to continue on with his journey with or without his friends, with or without the support of his grandmother or his father. All right. So Phil made up in his mind that he was going to continue on. He knew what exactly what it is that he wanted to do, and nothing was going to stop him. Number two, never allow what you may think of as a lack of resources stop you from moving forward. Now, when Phil set out to travel the world and ultimately go to Japan to secure a distribution deal, he had little to no money, all right? He only had some savings from summer jobs and the money he made when he sold his car and some money that his father gave him to take the trip. Phil didn't have an office building when he went and negotiated a deal with the Onisuka company. He was still living at home with his parents. He didn't even have a car as he sold it to be able to go on the trip. He didn't even have the money to pay the Onisuka company to mail him the samples. He had to ask his father to wire him $50 for the samples. Now, for over the first years in business, he didn't even have a retail location to sell the shoes from. He would sell them out of the back of his green Plymouth Valiant. For the first 16 years, Blue Ribbon, then Nike, faced bankruptcy every single year as they never had enough money to properly maintain their business and pay their employees, their vendors, or their creditors. Now, once they would have to take out a short-term loan with someone that could be considered a loan shark when the employees of one of their factories were extremely upset when their paychecks bounced. Another time, Phil almost got in serious trouble with the FBI when his bank accused him of purposely writing bad checks when they, out of nowhere, pulled his credit line and caused all of the checks that he wrote to employees and vendors to bounce. He didn't have the resources to do what he did, but he made up in his mind that he was going to keep going no matter what. So a lot of times we tell ourselves that we don't have the resources. We don't have the money that we need to start. We just need to make up in our mind that we're going to start and we will figure it out along the way. All the resources will come to us along the way. Once again, Phil started this company with $500, right? Now the company has a valuation of over $100 billion. And I can tell you this, for the first 10 or 15 years, they, had, they were just barely making it, barely making it. But they continued going. They continued going. Even when things got rough, they didn't quit. And then they finally made it and are making it every single day. Number three, when your back is against the wall, you are forced to get even more creative and these circumstances will develop you into an even stronger person, all right? Now, remember, every time that Phil was faced with adversity, it gave him the opportunity to develop and to grow into a stronger person. Now, if you are never, ever pushed to your limit, you'll never, ever know what your limits are, all right? A smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. Those are some valuable lessons that we learned from Phil Knight. Now, the next person that we're going to reprofile from episode number 84 is Zui Kunfi. Now, I'm going to reread her profile because it's just such an absolutely amazing story. Now, Zui was born into extreme poverty at a village in China's Hunan's province in 1970. Her father became blind in an industrial accident and her mother died when she was just five years old. Her father encouraged her to keep studying 
and learning to get ahead in life. Now, to help support the family, she left home at a very young age and started working in a glass processing factory in Shenzhen. Now, in Shenzhen, she deliberately chose to work for companies near Shenzhen University so she could take part-time courses at the university. There, she studied many subjects and passed the examinations to be certified for accounting, computer operations, customs processing, and she even became licensed for driving commercial vehicles. Now, after a few months of working, she resigned, finding the work to be highly monotonous and dreary. Now, the company she was working for, instead of accepting her resignation letter, promoted her to head a new department within the factory. Her letter was well-written and attracted the attention of the company's supervisors. Later, she would become the director of the whole manufacturing operation. Now, at the age of 22, Zui would venture out and start her own company in 1993. Now, with the money that she saved from working overtime, the equivalent of about 2,500 US dollars, her business was born, right? Her company, Lens Technology, invented the scratch-resistant glass that is used in Apple devices and Samsung's electronic products. Now, over the years, her company has grown in size and includes 10 subsidiary companies all across China and employs 60,000 people. This is the young lady whose father was blind. Her mother died when she was young and had to leave home at an early age just to try to get some sort of start on life, all right? Was born extremely poor. Now she has a company that has over 60,000 employees. 60,000 employees. Now, in March of 2015, her company went public, making her the richest woman in China with a net worth of 7 billion U.S. dollars. I get a lot of people that email me from all over the world telling me their hard story and everything that they've gone through or whatever. Here it is. This lady, right, didn't grow up with the mother. Her father was blind, grew up in extreme poverty, right? And was still able to create enormous wealth in her life. Now, if this lady can do it, any single one of us can do it as well. Now, the next person that we're going to reprofile is from episode number 76, and it's Kobe Bryant. Now, Kobe is probably one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game of basketball. Kobe Bryant has helped his team win five world championships. He's made the all-star team 18 times. Kobe was named to the all-NBA team 15 times and 12 times he was a member of the all-defensive team. Now, after 20 years in the NBA, Kobe has decided to retire after the 2016 season. Now, the reason why Kobe has had so much success is because he had a ridiculous work ethic, and that is the primary reason why I am reprofiling Kobe Bryant. So let's take a look at some examples of why Kobe Bryant was as great as he was. Number one, he works harder and earlier than even the NBA's best players. Now, Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade shared a story with ESPN on how during the 2008 Olympics, Kobe would be up at the crack of dawn working out while everyone else was asleep. Chris Bosh recounted how at 8 a.m., 
everyone would be coming down for breakfast while Kobe would be coming into breakfast drenched with sweat with his trainers because he had been practicing for three hours while everyone else was asleep. This shows you how committed and dedicated this guy was to being the best, all right? Number two, in high school, Kobe would show up to practice at 5 a.m. and then leave at 7 a.m. to go to school. Now, how many high schoolers are trying to get up at 5 a.m. to go do anything before school? I remember when I was in high school, I didn't even want to get up when it was time to go to school, right? Much less getting up two hours early to be able to practice. Number three, Kobe would make high school teammates play one-on-one with him on games up to 100, all right? Number four, former NBA player and Lakers teammate John Celestrand said Kobe was always the first player in the gym even when he was hurt, all right? Now, John recounted a story when during the 1999 and 2000 season, Kobe broke his wrist, and John was excited because he thought with Kobe injured, he could beat him to the gym in the morning, especially because Kobe lived over 30 minutes away from the practice facility. Instead, when he got there that next morning, Kobe was already in full sweat with a cast on his right arm and dribbling and shooting with his left arm. He didn't make any excuses, all right? His teammates, everybody thought, okay, he's hurt now. He's going to take it a little easy. No. He probably even decided to go harder because he was hurt. That's a guy that's serious, that's dedicated to what it is that he's doing. Number five, he counts all of his made shots in practice and stops when he gets to 400. This man is not going to leave practice until he makes 400 shots. Number six, Shaquille O'Neal wrote in his book that Kobe would be cutting and grutting motioning like he was dribbling and shooting except there was no ball he used to practice by himself with no ball all right number seven Kobe would cold call business people and entrepreneurs to learn more about them and the secrets to success number eight Kobe watches film of himself at halftime now during halftime Kobe would often bring his teammates together fire up his laptop, and show them how they could improve precisely. This guy was obsessed with constant improvement, right? While every all of his other teammates were probably just trying to tune out during halftime or do whatever it is that they were doing, Kobe was trying to see, okay, guys, how can we get better? How can we improve? Number nine, Michael Jordan, Kobe's idol, said Kobe is the only person to ever approach Jordan's work ethic and to get that compliment from Michael Jordan you know you got to be great because Michael Jordan doesn't think no one is near where he's at now Michael Jordan said that Kobe is the only person to put in the type of work that he has therefore the only person that deserves to be compared to him and number 10 Kobe goes through super intense workouts on game days right whereas most of the guys are taking it easy because it's a game day right Kobe puts himself through intense workouts. Now, among dozens of other drills, Bryant does suicide push-ups. Now, at the top of the push-up, he launches himself off the mat so hard that both his feet come off the ground and his hands slap his pecs. He does three sets of seven of these. Oh, my gosh. Number 11, he trains for four hours a day during the season and more than that during the off-season. 
Now, when most other guys during the offseason, they don't want to do anything called work, right? They're off vacationing somewhere in the islands on the beach. Kobe is working. He's still putting in that work. Number 12, Kobe keeps players after practice as guinea pigs so that he can try out new moves on them. This is similar to what he did to the bench warmers in high school. And number 13, one of the trainers for the Team USA team once said that Kobe once held a workout from 4.15 a.m. to 11 a.m., refusing to leave the gym until he made 800 shots. Now you see why Kobe was as great as he was. Now, one of the profiles that I want everyone to go back and take a look at is the profile of Joe Thomas Sr. This is in episode 111, all right? Now, at the age of 55 years old, Joe Thomas Sr. became the oldest man to play Division I college football, all right? Now, remember now, his son, Joe Thomas Jr., is a linebacker for the Green Bay Packers in the NFL. Now, this man, at the age of 55, now, how many people would have told him that this was ridiculous? There's no 55-year-old college players, but this man had a dream, and he had a dream to play college football, and he did not give up until he realized his dream. So this is a great testament that no matter how old you are, I don't care how old you are, you can make your dreams come true. It doesn't matter if no one else has ever done it because guess what? Nobody else has ever played college football on the Division I level, right, at 55 years old, but Joe did not allow that to stop him. He made up in his mind that this is something that he wanted to do, and he went out there and he made that happen, all right? Now, the last person that we are going to review their profile is of Art Williams, and this came from episode number 108. Now, if you remember, Art Williams was the guy that was the insurance salesman. First, he was a high school coach. Then he began to sell insurance, and he ended up building the company, which is now known as Primerica. This guy started out with absolutely nothing but a lot of drive, a lot of desire, and ended up building a billion-dollar company. His story is absolutely amazing. I'm not going to go over it today, but everyone should go back and re-listen to this story. It's from episode number 108, all right? So what we will do, though, is go over some of Art's lessons to success, all right? Number one, Art says that to win in anything you do today, you got to be excited. People won't believe in a negative, dull, disillusioned, frustrated crybaby. People want people that are positive, excited, enthusiastic and tough he says that almost everyone in america can stay excited for two or three months a few people can stay excited for two or three years but winners will stay excited for 30 years or however long it takes to win number two if you want to win you have to stand up and tell yourself that i'm so sick and tired of being average and ordinary I'm so sick and tired of telling everyone that this time I'm going to win. If you're going to win, you're going to have to change. Now, the only way that you can change your life, the only way the future can be better than the past is for you to change. Nobody can change for you. Nobody's going to give you something for nothing. It's going to be up to you. You are controlling your future. Art says just look in the mirror at the last five to ten years of your life. If you don't change, the next five to ten years will be the same. Oh, my gosh, man. This guy 
Woo! This guy is the motivator's motivator. I'm telling you. Number three, nobody wants a boss, but everyone wants a coach. If you're going to be a great leader and lead your people to great success, you've got to have a coach's heart. And a coach is trained to look for the good in people. Art says that everyone at one point in their life were dreamers and felt good about themselves. But 90% of people on the outside may seem confident, but on the inside, they have been crushed. They've lost their confidence. People have treated them bad, and they've almost given up on themselves. And it's your ability as a coach to look inside those people and see something good and get those people to believe in themselves again, to feel good about themselves again. Number four, most people just do almost enough to win. They almost get there. They almost get over the hump. They almost have it going. Almost is a way of life for almost everyone, but the winners do it. What do they do? They do whatever it takes to get the job done. They do it and do it and do it and do it until the job gets done. And then they talk about how great it is to be someone they're proud of. We need leaders in America and all over the world that can do it. If you want to become somebody, do it. If you want to go into business for yourself, do it. If you want to become financially independent, do it. There is too much talk. Everyone can talk a good game, but we need more people that just do it. The primary difference between winners and losers is that winners just do it and do it and do it and do it and do it until the job gets done. Number five, the key to winning isn't talent or looks or degrees. I believe the key to winning is being the best that you can possibly be. If you look in the mirror and say that guy is someone that's supposed to win, he's supposed to be someone, and you go out there and fight and be the best that you can be, you're going to have a lot of defeats along the way. You're going to be in a lot of situations where it's going to seem hopeless, but keep just being the best that you can be. It's going to look impossible at times, but keep being the best that you can be. All you can do is all you can do, but all you can do is enough. Number six, you have to be determined. When Art found out how the insurance company got over on his mom and family when his dad died, he became determined to punish them. He never forgave them for what they did to his family. The more the other companies tried to destroy A.L. Williams, the more they became determined. Art and his company became like crusaders. Crusaders die hard. They were determined to not let the enemy defeat them. That's the attitude that we got to take on. We got to take on the attitude of crusaders. You're going to kill us. You're going to have to kill us hard, baby, because we're not going to stop. Number seven, one of the keys to developing a winning edge is you have to become a dreamer again. If you don't have a dream, you're dead. In order to win, you got to feel good about yourself. There's nothing you can't do if you want it bad enough. Number eight, the first step to winning in business is to do what's right for the consumer. Your reputation is everything. If you don't do what's right 100% of the time, you may get by for one day, one week, one month, or even one year, but sooner or later, they're going to smell you out. Number nine, 
When Art used to coach football, he would tell his team, football isn't always a team game. It's a game where you're going to be against the person on the other side of the ball in a different color jersey. Only one of you is going to win, you or him. And the person that wins is the person that wants it the most. You have to prepare to win. Somebody's going to quit, you or him. And when you see weakness, that's when you got to hit him hard. And number 10, Art sums up his entire leadership philosophy in one sentence. All you can do is all you can do, but all you can do is enough. Man, this guy is a phenomenal motivator. I would highly suggest that he's written several books. You go back and maybe pick up some of the books he's written or go on YouTube. You'll be able to find tons and tons and tons of his speeches on YouTube and listen to this guy and go back and re-listen to his profile. Now, keep in mind that that was only five of the over 100 people that we profiled over the last year. That's why it's so important to go back and re-listen to a lot of the old shows because, trust me, there's so many great jewels. It's so it's just a wealth of information of all the shows that we did in 2016. And trust me, in 2017, it's going to be even greater and greater and greater. Now, before we end out the show... I want to give you some questions. How we get answers in life is by asking ourselves some questions. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves some hard questions. They're difficult questions to ask ourselves. But trust me, if we want to get results, if we want to get progress, if we want to move forward in life, we need to ask ourselves these questions. So here's a list of questions, all right? 15 questions that we need to ask ourselves before we really get our year going in 2017, all right? So make sure you get a pen and paper and write these questions down and take some time out to ask yourself and not only ask yourself, but answer these, these questions to yourself and answer them as truly and as honestly as you possibly can. Trust me, they will help you in the long run, all right? So number one, what would happen if you just went for it, all right? Number two, whose permission do you need? So many of us are going through life like we need someone's permission to go ahead and do what it is that we need to do. Whose permission do you need? I don't need anybody's permission. I know what it is that I want to do and I am going for it. But I want to ask some of you, whose permission do you need? Because so many people go through life like they need someone's permission in order to do what it is that they need to do. Number three, now, if you're one of those people that's saying that you don't need anyone's permission, then here's the next question. What's stopping you? What is stopping you from doing what it is that you want to do in life, from doing whatever it is that you are called to do in life? What is stopping you? Number four, do you know what it is that you even want out of life? Most people that aren't going towards something, going towards or working towards whatever it is that they want in life, the reason why is because they have no idea what it is that they should be working towards. So I'm asking you the question, do you know what it is that you even want out of life? Number five, when you know what you truly want, will you actually do anything about it? So here's the thing. Once you figure out what it is that you want out of life, are you going to really, really put some effort into making that happen? All right. Number six. What's the excuse that you use the most? 
Now, all of us use excuses sometimes, right? But that's one of the things that we're definitely going to work towards cutting out in 2017. So before you can cut that out, you need to figure out which is the excuse that you use the most so you'll be able to recognize it when you are using that excuse, and then it'll be a lot easier to cut that out. It's called metacognition, you observing what it is that you're actually doing, all right? Number seven, what could I have done better this year? Now, I'm sure many of us have attempted to do a lot of different things, and there's always room for improvement. I don't care how good you think you are. There is always room for improvement. Going back to Kobe Bryant, that's why he would be looking at his uh, play and his teammates' play on his laptop in the locker room during halftime because he's trying to see, okay, what can we do better? How can we improve, right? Real champions Real winners know that there's always room for improvement, know that they can always do a better job, and they're always assessing what it is that they've done to see how they can improve and take it to the next level, all right? Number eight, what's the most important thing that I must accomplish in 2017? Now, here's the thing. If you don't have anything that you're trying to accomplish or that's really important for you to accomplish in 2017 – then you're going to get exactly that. You won't accomplish anything in 2017. So you need to get clear on your goals. You need to get clear on exactly whatever it is that you must accomplish in 2017. Number nine, what new thing must I do in 2017? If you keep doing the same old things, you're going to keep getting the same old results. So what new thing or things must you do in 2017? Not should you do or that you're going to try to do, but what new things must you do in 2017? Number 10, what am I grateful for that happened in 2016? Now, every single one of us has at least one thing that we're grateful for. If anything, it's the fact that we made it to 2017 or that we're going to make it to 2017, right? But there's probably plenty things that you could be grateful for. So what great what thing are you grateful for that happened in 2016? Number 12, what am I grateful for that will happen in 2017? Best way to usher in what you want to happen is to be grateful for it in advance. You're sending the signal out into the universe that you know that it's coming to you. You know the success is coming to you. You know the abundance is coming to you. You know whatever it is that you want is coming to you by you being grateful for it in advance, all right? This is so, so, so important. So if people only knew how important this was, that's why I spent an hour every morning in meditation just being grateful for the things that I have not received yet in the physical because I know that they're coming to me every single morning for an hour. I just think about everything that I want out of life and just be grateful for everything that I have not attained yet at this point in time, but I know that it's coming to me. I spend an hour just being grateful for all these different things. Number 12, what steps do I need to start taking right now to accomplish all that I desire in 2017? It's not just going to happen. You got to start taking some steps right? So start figuring out what those steps are. Start writing them down and start working towards it ASAP right away. Number 13, what caused the most stress in my life in 2016 that I refused to carry into 2017? A lot of things that need to get cut. The last two weeks, we talked about that, 
right? Last two weeks, we talked about things that we're going to throw in the trash, right? The trash that we're going to keep in 2016 that we're, we're not going to bring into 2017. The stuff that we're going to purge out of our lives, the people that we're going to purge out of our lives and lead them in 2016 and not carry them into 2017. Because let me tell you something. Those same people, those same things that caused you stress in 2016 will cause you stress in 2017 unless you decide to cut them off. Number 14, what is the three most important things that I learned in 2016? Now, if you've been listening to this show for any time, I'm sure that you learned more than three things, right? Because we drop so many jewels every single week, right? Every single week for 52 weeks. 52 weeks we dropped so many jewels. So trust me, there has to be three important things that you've learned in 2016. If from nothing else, from this show, from this episode alone, there's three important things that you've learned, right? That we that we can use and take with us into 2017 to make us have an even greater year. And number 15, if you can live 2016 over again, what advice would you give your one year younger self? I love that question. I love that question. I'm sure there's a lot of great advice, a lot of things that you may, if, if given the opportunity, you could do a little bit differently in 2016, knowing what you know now. All right. Now, I want everyone to go back and re-listen to as many of the old episodes as possible. They're only 30 minutes long. Just from 2016, there's what, 52 of them? So if you just make up your mind that on your commute to work or during your lunch break or, you know, whenever you have some free time, you can just go back and listen to them. If you decide to listen to one every day, by February, March, you would have listened to all of last year's episodes. You would have listened to all of last year's episodes. And if you find one that really resonates with you, one that really, really, really just inspires and motivates you, just listen to that one over and over and over again. All right? But that's how we bring about change in our lives. Not from listening to this information just one time and that just be it. Because guess what? We're going to forget it. We're probably only going to remember about 5 to 7% of what we heard that first time. But we really ingrain it into our system when we listen to this information over and over and over and over and over again. That's how we wire it into our brains. All right? So make sure you go back and re-listen it to not only this episode, but all the old ones at www.powerhh.com. Now, I know you got three friends that you want to see good. Not the three friends that we need to cut off, right? But three friends that we are going to bring with us into 2017, but we want them to do a little bit better because we are working to do a little bit better. So make sure you share not only this episode, but all the old episodes with those friends that we want to see do better, right? Tell them to go to the website, www.powerhh.com. And the quote that we're going to end today's show with is, I hope that in this year to come, you make mistakes. Because if you are making mistakes, then you are making new things, trying new things, learning, living, pushing yourself, changing yourself, changing your world. You're doing things you've never done before. And more importantly, you're doing something. And that's from Neil Gaiman. All right. Thank you much. And until next show. 
Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Starr. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour. And join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.